Spread number love all over the globe. It's the Vibe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And tonight we have a special guest joining us on the show today. I'm talking about senior producer and journalist, the one and only Van Lathan. What it do? What's up, my brother? You get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We going right into it. We're not going to play no games, man. This has been long awaited, my brother. And I'm talking about the emails been going crazy ever since the promo's been up. So we're going to go ahead and get down to business, my brother. Let's do it. <laughs> First of all, man, before we even get started, though, let me um, thank you, man, for me and my team for um, allowing us this opportunity, man. We are very, very grateful. Um, yeah, bro, I appreciate it, man. I'm sorry that it's been kind of a crazy day. been running around a little bit. I'm getting in the car right now, but I love the love that you guys have given me by even wanting me on the show, so I appreciate being here, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you know what was what was puzzling to me, man, was that um, you you are, you are originally from Baton Rouge. Yeah. Man, that is amazing, man. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, all the way out there in Hollywood, man. We definitely got some things to talk about. But I want to start off because I want to give um, my listeners and, and everybody that's joining in on the live right now, I want them to uh, get a little history on you a little bit. So can we go back to um, Baton Rouge and let's talk about how your journey began? Where you want me to start? You want me to start in April 1980 when I was born? Or you just want to talk about what you like? Where you want me to start? I want. I want. Let, let, let's start. Let's start when you first um, was inspired and figured out that you wanted to take the career path that you chose. Okay. So yeah, I'm from. Um, I grew up in Gardner Lane. You know what I mean. Went to uh, McKinley Middle, McKinley High, and I think that. Uh, one thing that really inspired me sort of growing up was the way, the, the, the very unique way uh, that I was reared and educated in Baton Rouge. So growing up in Gardeer, um, most of the, the, the homies I hung out with and everybody, we all came from the same thing. We all understood each other. We all uh, knew each other, right? Right. But when I, got, when I was at, uh, at, at McKinley Middle or even in elementary school, um, being in a gifted program, a lot of my classmates, uh, they were white. And what I didn't realize was how big Baton Rouge was in terms of that there were different experiences being lived um, that I had no access to. Right. So um, not necessarily that I wanted anything more than my community, because I really never did, but I didn't even know that there was anything more. Um, and so that kind of plunged me into a curiosity about the world and sort of about what it was that I didn't know, um, what I didn't have a grasp on, um, what I wasn't sure about. Right. A, a curiosity that led me to create art, a curiosity that led me to sort of uh, want to travel and want to explore parts of the world um, that were a little bit bigger than what I was. Now, I'll say this right now. 
I'm not one of the people that leaves Baton Rouge and then spends all my time talking about how much it sucks where I came from. That's right. not true. I love my home. Love it to death. I hope one day to have a big-ass house off Highland Road and a couple of businesses down in the bottom. That's my dream. Right. Um, but, but the reality is that I always wanted to kind of write and produce things that would expand um, my knowledge base um, from from there, from the South, you know, and be able to inspire people from my community to do the same. So that that, that took me to L.A. after the hurricane. Uh, uh, I relocated out here, and it's kind of been what I've been rocking with ever since. Let me ask you this. With, with, with that being said, just to get your perspective on it, why, why do you think that um, people that do move away, and I'm not saying everybody, but people that do move away um, don't really come back and invest into, um, into the community um, where, they, where they were raised at and where they come from. And, and I'm seeing that a lot. And um, I know I know you're aware and 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 in the loop on you know everything that's that's been going on as of lately um, for the last uh, year or two, man. It's just been really crazy with all of the deaths and everything like that or whatever. But just to get your perspective on it, though, um, I, I think that part of the problem, or part of one of the problems, is that uh, with sometimes our communities and these communities, wherever they be, is that we care so much about getting to the greener grass that we forget about watering ours. Right, wow. So um, you you come to a place like Los Angeles uh, and you start looking around L.A. and you start, you know, you go to the grocery store and you see Will Smith or something like that and you think, my God, this is the greatest place ever. You go... You, you see all these famous people. You're, there's all these world-renowned restaurants and all of this culture, and you're starting to think, um, uh, wow, this place has everything. And what you don't realize is what they don't have. And what they don't have is your grandmama, right. your auntie. They don't have your cousin. They don't have the soul of the people that you come from. Right. They don't have the cuisine. They don't have the strength. They don't have the spirituality. They don't have the sense of oneness. They don't have any of those things that are inherent and intrinsic to the place where you come from. They're missing. They have something else. And because you move to where that place is and you worship what it has, you become L.A. You become that. You become a person that don't call your grandmama no more. You become a person that uh, has forgotten what the soul of your community is. You become that, so you don't need it anymore. And so why would you go back? Why would you go back? Why would you feel tethered to the people that actually made you um, when you've convinced yourself that those people don't matter anymore? The reality is that, uh, for me personally, um, my city and the people there are beautiful. And really, to be honest with you, to have an amazing, uh, successful life, you don't have to go anywhere else. I chose to because of the industry that I wanted to be in. Right. But... My job now and part of my journey now as a man and as a black man is to make sure that kids and adults and everybody that grew up like I did uh, back home, that they have the same type of opportunities and don't have to necessarily make some of the sacrifices that I made. 
especially with the way that the world is expanding. I think people lose touch uh, with their home because they lose touch with themselves. Right. That's something that I've tried not to do since I've been here, but, you know, it's not easy. you got to do a lot to stay connected and stay tethered uh, to, to where you came from. Right. Now, when you took that journey... Um and decided to to move out there. Did you had did you have things um, in position, or you just was like, you know what, this is where I want to go, and I'm about to make this this huge move. No, I had I had a little money. So DT uh, had come to Baton Rouge and done a show called College Hill, and they did that on, up on Southern's campus, and I worked on that show. And then uh, there was a movie that they shot. Over there at the old Walmart uh, off Perkins Road, they shot a movie there called The Reaping. And my man Tommy Talley, shout out to Tommy, uh, was one of the people that helped me get Tommy Talley still back in Baton Rouge right now. He actually lived out here for a little while. I, I, I lived with him for a second when I first got out here. And um, he helped me get into the business and working on shows that would come through Baton Rouge. So I met people that lived in L.A. while I was working on these shows. I met people that I would, 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 would go on to kind of give me a foothold in L.A. while I was working on these shows. So um, after uh, The Reaping, which is the movie that uh, we made in the Walmart, the, actually The Reaping, that movie um, with uh, Idris Elba and Hilary Swank was shot in part in the old Walmart off Perkins Road. I don't even know if it's still there, but it used to be. Um, and uh, after that, shortly after that show, I had enough money. I just said, you know, Screw it, I'm moving out to L.A. I stayed with Tommy for about six weeks, and then I um, I got a job. And I got a job writing and producing content for a show named Capricorn Program. I was only supposed to come out here, I think, and spend a week to see how I liked it. But I, I did move back home. That was 13 years ago. Wow. You know, do you think that um, a lot of people that that have have visions and have dreams and aspirations to do things that that come from um where we're from do you do you think that um fear and and not going a lot of places maybe young traveling and and you know being able to go on family vacations and see other cultures in other cities and do you think that that has an effect on um shattering a lot of people's dreams um by not being able to see the vision beyond the trees because they haven't really been a lot of places? Do you think that might play a part in a lot of shattered dreams here? Yeah, I think it definitely plays a part, but I think, uh, yeah, li listen, the more you're exposed to, the more you'll know about the world, right? So right. even now, for a long time, I, I wouldn't fly or get on a plane, so there was a lot about other cultures I didn't really know. When you go and you visit other cultures and you see... How people, live, how people live, like, every year, um, a couple of times a year, actually, me and Charlemagne and everybody, we all go out to Anguilla. And so when we're out in Anguilla, you see black people uh, in a different light. You see people who um, are, are landowners, and even though they're British territory, they run their businesses, they own their land. It's, it's a different feel. Right. They, 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 they have a sense of ownership culturally, and very physically, that is is aspirational uh, to me. It's something that you want to come back and foster into your own. Um, so definitely traveling and immersion into other cultures will open up your mind in terms of 
what you think life and humanity is. But I think one thing that happens um, is we actually grow up a little quicker than Baton Rouge than what we think we do. Right. Um, we tend to think that uh, that um, that in the South uh, things move slower. And maybe things in terms of social progress, maybe even, even economic progress moves slower. But the journey of life, to me, actually moves faster. And it, 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 it actually constricts a lot of things that you might want to do. So a lot of the guys that I know out here, um, I'm 39 now, uh, I know tons of 35, 36, 37-year-olds uh, guys and women out here who are unmarried with no kids, a hmm. bunch, right. a bunch of them. Back in back in Baton Rouge, my friend group, the four or five guys that I ran with, yeah. By the time we were twenty five, everybody had a car. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> everybody had a couple kids, right? Every everybody like uh, everybody had a couple kids. Two of us, so it's like five dudes in my crew. Everybody had kids. Two of us were married. The ones that weren't married got married a couple of years after that. By by 28, everybody was married with two children. Right. Two children. Locked all the so, way down. Locked down. So like, I'm giving it up. It's PTA time. You feel me? Yeah. So um, what happens is if you're 22 or 23, like, and you got a kid, I mean, it's 23-year-old kids working at TMZ. They're the intern. they like... They're just getting started, right? Like none of them, none of them, none of them have kids, which is nothing wrong with having babies. That's a beautiful thing. But you, the reality is, of all of my homeboys, only one of those guys left and went to Los Angeles, and really, it was the only guy that could, right. because it's much harder to come out here with a little with a mouth to feed when you got to bring your girl with you when you got a family to tell with you. Right. So I think a lot of times in terms of growing up and what a grown-up would have um, back home, it's harder to, to really take chances because life sometimes kind of gets in the way of it. So what I would tell people is really um, having a family is beautiful, having children is beautiful, having all those things are beautiful, but if you really want to be able to have the latitude to chase your dreams, stay a little lean. Keep your life lean as long as you can. Be responsible in your procreation, be responsible in your relationships to where if you feel like you got to make a move and go someplace. When I first came to L.A., I had to star for a while. It's okay for me to star, but it's not okay for a baby to star. Right, gotcha. So, it is, so I, I think that is, and that's a cultural thing. So I think that comes, sometimes gets in the way of it, too. You know what, man? That that I, I love I love the way you put that. I never really heard it broke down like that before. And you're the first person that I've ever heard say that we actually are moving faster. I like how you broke that down. You really opened up some insight right there. Cause I never really even looked at it like that. Because you know we always saying like, oh, oh we always saying, oh, you know, y'all, you know, y'all country, uh, man, it's slow down here, man. Or, but then you know, a lot of other people that I've spoken with, or a lot of friends that I have that live in other places, they rather, you know, the 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 country life, the the you know. The, the less crowded in um, cities and 
they they kind of rather that you know and I guess that's why a lot of people are buy a house in and um you know down here or or on the outskirts or somewhere like that just to have a little bit more peace of mind. I mean, so it's like, you know, I don't see a lot of grass. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. have to drive to grass. Yeah. I have to drive to trees. Like, I have to, like, it, it, like you know, like, you, I flew, I was in Augusta. I was in Augusta, Georgia, uh, a couple of weeks ago during the Nike Peach Jam. And when the plane is flying over, um, Augusta uh, and getting ready to land, like, you see earth. You see bodies of water. I imagine people fishing off the bank for brim and saccalay, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm seeing trees, and I'm seeing cover. I think about people deer hunting and rabbit hunting and all, whatever. I mean, they're not doing that this time of year, but whatever might be going on. And I'm thinking about a life that people lead that has a lot of less to do with you know, going to a premiere or going to an event or right. doing things like that, while people actually enjoying um, being one with their surroundings and being one with their environment. And so, and actually being able to see the stars at night and breathing clean air and drinking clean water. Yeah. You know, all of those things, it's it's foolhardy to believe that they're not advantages to wherever you live. Right. Wherever you live. Now, if you live in a deprived situation, where, you know, you're in the middle of some place and you don't have enough food and you don't, and, you know, your mama got to work three shifts and all of that stuff like that. We can all, we can talk about that. But as far as a lifestyle, right. from living back at home, you know, it's, 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 there are definitely things that I miss and definitely things that at some point in my life I want to get back to. Right. Now let me now let me ask you this: when you when you moved out there, coming from um, coming from Louisiana, and moving out to L.A. Hollywood, man, um, what what was that first experience like for you? And how long did it take for you to adjust to the lifestyle out there? Um, well, I think I adjusted in stages, so. When I first got out to L.A., uh, I think that um, I was enamored with everything. I was excited about everything. I was enamored with everything. Um, and there's just little subtle differences, right? Like, um, you go to a movie out here, and after the movie, if people like the movie, everybody stands up and they clap. Hmm. And, like, yeah, and that, and that had, like, never happened. <laughs> right. I remember we... My homie, my homie took me, Tommy took me, and we went to see Transformers. And we saw Transformers at the Arclight Cinema, the Cinerama Dome, which is just the movie theaters here when I first got out here were way different, too. It's like everything, they put so much into presentation here. You go to a movie theater, and it's all elegant. And when you come from, like, going to City Place yeah. or Town, those were nice movie theaters, but the ones here were super nice, right? Wow. Um and so we, we saw the movie, and after the movie, everybody said that the class, I'm like, wow, that was like the best movie I ever saw. See when people reacted, he goes, no, that's just what they do here. Right. Like, if, the movie, if the movie's good, people clap after the movie. Um, so all of those things, I fell in love with all of those things. And so the, my first experience of L.A. was sort of just getting used to waking up every single day and going, wow, man, I live in Los Angeles. And that took a while. It took a while for me to just 
ground myself in the fact that I was here, that I had work to do. Right. As far as getting used to the people and the um, the flow of the city, I think dudes from the south, and specifically people from Baton Rouge, don't have any problem with that. And the the reason why I say that is because people from back home don't realize how fly they are. Like when That's I'm from. Fact. That's a People fact. have real style. Right. They have, they they have, dudes have real game. Women are really beautiful. It's authentic. So when we come out here, now if you're from other places, I don't know, you know, I see dudes from other places in the South and they struggle a little bit. But any of my homies from out here in Baton Rouge, my man Dez, even Ian, Emmett, any of the guys that come out here, they don't have any problems out here. Because Baton Rouge is a place full of real people. Right. And, it's, and in L.A., so many people are authentically inauthentic. Like, they're really fake. So, like, not... And then when I say really fake, I mean, they're not trying to be fake. You can't even judge them for it. They're really fake. Like, it's just how they are. That if you have any... If any part of you is authentic, you shine. And really, the... the, 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 the I don't know very many people even talking with me in the Cole Kanye West thing. I don't know very many people that I grew up with that wouldn't have said that to him. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't like, maybe not quite how I said it because I have a skill set. Right. But I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Where, where I'm from, if you say something stupid, we address it. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, then, you know, man, it's, it's funny that it's funny that you say that and, um, when 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 that when that happened, like when you when he said that, what was your like initial like first thought at that at at, at that moment when he said that, man? My initial first thought, um, and, and it's it's Like 
couldn't really, that we really couldn't relate to. He would give us the whole thing, and he always put on for us. Always. And just to see to see him lose it, it was it, it, it was a little, it was a shocking, embarrassing, and a little hurt. And I just wanted to be like, yo, we're still here. <laughs> right. We, we, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we love the fact that you are what you are. And you earned it. I, I said it to him. I, exactly what I meant. I said, you, look, you, you, you earned everything that you got from being a genius. Don't want to take it from you. But we still we still here. Right. So don't do us like that. Don't come on here on TMZ, by the way, and like a show that has zero cultural relevance to us that doesn't really, I mean, you know, I don't have any, that doesn't really have any sort of sensitivity in terms of what we're doing. I'm doing my best, but that's the case. Right. Don't, don't, like, don't come on here and, and play us out like that in front of these people. I feel you. I feel I feel you on that van, like and, and you know, like when 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 you when you spoke out like that, it, it it was just it really touched me in a certain type of way because it's it's like I almost felt like I was there with you, man. Like you know, it it it, it a part of a part of it angered me too, though, man. Like I was really really upset with that too because like like you said, that, you know that's a huge platform. And we already, like, it's already a whole bunch of stuff that's going on still. And to do that, like that, I, I just, I still really don't understand it. But I think that, I, do you think, do you really think that he's that far out of touch? Or do you think that a whole bunch of things have played a part in him making uh, um, a, a, a statement like that, you know, he losing his mom, um, you know, going through, you know, all different type of things in the entertainment business, always, you know, got cameras on you all the time. You don't really have your life. Uh, you know, do you think it is a lot of things that played a part in him making a statement like that? I think all of us are fruit of the soil that we're around. Mm -hmm. And so, um, or fruit of the soil that we grow in. And so uh, I think that, you know, I don't want to speak on the man's mom too, too much because uh, I know how important it was to him and I want to be respectful both to him and to her memory. Absolutely. But I do believe that, um, that there was a time in his life where there were certain safeguards and influences that would have, um, that, there were people that Kanye revered enough to not want to dismerge them right. or not want to do harm to their name. You know what I mean? Right, definitely so, understand that. Um, and I think that when you have a mind like him that creates best when it's unchained, uh, you really need people, the right people surrounding you. Um, I'm not saying that he necessarily has the wrong people surrounding him because I don't know what they talk to talk about on a day to day, but I will say that the people that he has around him, I don't think that they hold the same weight um, and cultural relevance and reverence for what, what, what for what we're doing here. Is that what his brother did? His brother was the chair of African American studies right. uh, over the English department, I think, at Chicago State. She was a beautiful, intelligent. Uh, ridiculously centered and wonderful woman, um, and that's going to leave a void in anyone's life. Yeah, but especially in someone that's uh, 
as uninhibited as Jay, you probably would see it more. So I think that's a part of it for sure. Right, right. With working at um, at TMZ and um, the part that you play over there, like, how how did you even get an opportunity like that? Well, it's kind of a long turn off story how I got to TMZ, but um, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Uh, I have been working in, in, in Los Angeles for a little while, and a situation came up when I was... I have been unemployed for a while. I have been un- un- unemployment for a while. Hooping every day. Right. Killing. Because I was just playing basketball five, four or five hours a day. <laughs> um, and uh, I was on unemployment, and all of a sudden my unemployment benefits changed. And it went down from to where it wasn't livable. And I was like, yo, I need a job just for a little bit of time. Right. And when I went looking for a job, uh, and I was freelance writing, I was really building a career for myself, a great career for myself as a writer for several different sites. Um, I was writing for Rap Pages, Flick Side, and Fan Side. I was writing uh, my own personal blog. I was just writing all kinds of stuff. It was just a glorious time in my life as far as my pen was concerned. But I needed a job. And one of the first jobs that was available was actually on the TMZ tour. So if you guys ever visit LA, there's a TMZ tour bus. It goes around Los Angeles and shows you all the places where TMZ has made scandalous installations to celebrity news. And I was one of the first classes of TMZ tour guys. Wow. Um, and I gave my tour one time, and whereas all the other guys were going by some script or whatever, I wrote my own script. <laughs> and, and so Harvey came and took my tour one day, and after he took the tour, he was like, I gotta have you on the television show. So wow. uh, that was that. Literally within... I went from, and this is kind of how things work in LA, I went from um, not having a job, being unemployed with really no money, to being on television every single day uh, in about four months. How dope is that, man? Um, yeah, and so uh, I, ever since then, um, I've been on the show and my role at TMZ has only grown. So you know that's kind of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I I'm I'm definitely a huge <laughs> fan, and and it's a proud moment for me. You know, coming from the same place. Um, every time I see you on there and and see the amazing things that you do, it's it's really a proud moment. You know what I'm saying? In a different type of way. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm I'm really like I said again, man. I'm 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 proud of you, man. Oh, my brother, I appreciate that. Listen, um, I, like, I'm proud of where I come from. I'm proud of Baton Rouge. I'm also not satisfied with how things are going at home. Right. Um, on, on a social and economic uh, 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 wave, and I want to make sure that I'm a part of providing more opportunity and um, pushing the culture uh well, black culture everywhere, and especially, you know, the culture at home forward. So I would encourage anyone, especially from Baton Rouge, um, especially from Gardeer, especially if you went to McKinley High, <laughs> I would, I would like, like any anybody that needs any help, any guidance, any inspiration, to get at me. However long it takes me to get back or to get up, 
I'm gonna make time for where I'm from, and I'm gonna put all for where I'm from, and I'm gonna make sure that I, that um, to the best of my ability, um, that the people in the culture that birthed, raised, and created me are always represented wherever I go. So when you hear me on my podcast or wherever I'm at, you're gonna hear about Baton Rouge every single podcast, and I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of everyone down there. I'm proud of what we've been through. And I'm proud of what we're going to be. So always use me. Absolutely, man. And I must say, I love I love the Red Pill. I, I love that platform. I love the guests, your guest selections that you always have. And it's always a learning experience every time, man. I, I absolutely love that platform. And um, I, I study I study a lot of the stuff that you do, too. You know, it, it's, it's, de- it's definitely helped me along my way as well so I'm, I'm very thankful for that yeah man it's just I think one thing with having a uh, having a podcast like the Red Pill where the, the, the guests are so versatile yeah is that you always want to like you always want to disarm your your, your like you want to get them No, I lost you, Van. Damn it, man. Y'all bear with me, man. We lost him. We lost him, and he was talking about something so important. Damn it, man. Shout out to my people, everybody that's on the live right now. I'm hoping that Van will call us back. Matter of fact, let me... See if I can get Van back online. Let me try to call this brother back here. Oh, there he is right there. And we're back. Look, I'm look I'm 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 like, yo, I mean he's dropping a jewel right now. No. No, I'm saying that um what I was saying was that you know, the important thing is anytime you're, you're you're talking to someone, you want to get to the center of who they are. But getting to the center of who they are is difficult because people bring so much uh, they bring so much shit with them to an interview, right? Right. So it's like they um like for example, you might have a rapper on an interview, right? Right. And when when he gets off his his so he came to the interview in a sprinter van. Right. It's already something that people can't relate to. It's an expensive vehicle, whatever, right? Right. He got out of the interview. He got four bodyguards with him. Now, he's coming to my podcast. He don't need four bodyguards, right? But right. that's how he lives. Right. He gets on the podcast. He's got a $100,000 worth of jewelry on. Right. That's out there. So, he, uh, you know, he's got stories in in uh, about him or her in the press. So that's out there. Right. Right? Right. So these people come to the podcast and they got all of this stuff with them. Your job as an interviewer is to get through that. It's to get through whatever they brought. And, it don't, and sometimes it works on the other side. Sometimes you have somebody in there that's super woke. I have Ava DuVernay on the podcast and one of the questions I wanted to know from her is like, what's the most ratchet thing about you? Mm. Like you can't be you can't like Ava DuVernay is an amazing, amazing, beautiful soul. But you just can't be elegant twenty four seven three sixty five. That's not real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody got a little ratchet tip. Everybody. Like, 
everybody. Right. And, so, and so for me, it's always about getting through that because that's the conversation that really resonate with people. Right. And that's what people really feel like they're learning and they can grow with the podcast is when they get a different side of someone from it. And right. the, way, the way that you do that has been my experience is just to forget who you're talking to. Just get on there, have a conversation. You know there's certain ex- areas of expertise that somebody has. You know there's certain areas of ex- a vulnerability that someone has. Do something that people never do to celebrities, which is treat them like human beings. Right. Treat them like people. Right. Don't go on there with your own agenda. Try to make, try to create a new agenda if you can. And so I think it's a fun challenge. It's something that I love to do, and it's something that I hope to continue to do as my platform grows and as the, as the platforms that I'm on grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to ask you this too, man. You you had a huge triumph, man, and and um, with with your weight loss. How how important was that to you to lose that weight? And was it was it something that was an issue that could have hurt you health wise, which really pushed you to go hard with losing losing that weight and getting your weight down where it needed to be? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I would have never been who I am or who I want to be had I not done that. That was the one thing I had to conquer. And the reason why I say that is because it was affecting so many different parts of my life. Right. You know, it was, um, uh, you know, like, one thing that I will say is true from where we're from is the food is off the chain. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, it's like the, the, food is, the, the, the food is off the chain and also... You know, our idea of having a good time a lot of times consists of sitting around and eating. Exactly. It, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? If, if you think about a crawfish boil or a fish fry or even when you're playing Madden with your boys, like whatever you're doing, you're sitting around and you're eating. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and like, it, it's great, you know, all of that stuff is amazing. But it's it, it's just a part of who we are, and so you know I'm from a family. We my, half my family come from South Baton Rouge, the other half come from Maryland. So it's like that the part that part of the culture is not lost on me. Like you know my mom and them be cooking. They down there right now. Uh, <laughs> off the <laughs> street, down there right now. My, you pull up on my mom. She'll change your life with whatever dish you wanted to make. Man. So, um. For me, I overindulged, and it got to a point to where I was starting to have the same problems at 25 to 26 that my older relatives were having at 55 to 56. I had high blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? I was, right. I was developing cardiovascular issues, things like that. Right. So um, when I got out to Los Angeles, I had already I'd been losing some weight before when I got out to Los Angeles. I just made the decision that if I was really going to give it a go out here, and was really going to make the most of my opportunity out here, that it was imperative that I get my mind and my body together. Right. Um, and I did that. And it was a sacrifice, but it was literally the first thing that I had to do in order to be uh, a successful person. I had to figure that out, and I'm glad that I did. And one of the things that I'm super dedicated to 
is to uh, sort of helping more people figure that out for themselves as well. Right. It's very important, um, and it's uh, and it's something that we as a community really need to make sure that we have a handle on. Man, that's that 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 right there is is very very important and um we do have some obesity issues out here and and it is due to the culture and and you know everybody i mean we eat good down here but it is it is it's definitely um important and definitely something that needs to be pushed um more often because i know out there i mean everybody's working out everybody's at the gym everybody's getting botox everybody's just trying to stay hollywood 24 7 yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. I, I think, and that that was something that was sort of a culture shock for me too when I came out here. Like, my roommates were like, "Yo, we, you know, we play in a softball league." And there was a, a, I got it was just it just happened so organically. I got in five different basketball leagues. Come on, you know, back then, back then we hoop once a week. Um, when we were kids, we would go to the catcher and we would hoop all the time. Yep. But as we got a little bit older, we really stopped. Right. But out here. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Monday night, you got three different leagues you're playing in, and you you meeting people on the basketball court. The celebrities that I really know, that I've really been friends with for years, like before um, I got on TMZ or on television, I met them pooping. You know what I mean, on, I met, like, so many people I met pooping in the gym, in these different leagues and stuff like that. It became just an anchor and a part of your life, so it gets very hard to backtrack on it when you're spending so much time sweating, you know? Right. You know, with, with with that being said too, um I know you probably had people probably on your bucket list of, of people that you probably wanted to meet and I know you've met so many different people. How easy or how hard was it for you to make the adjustment um to the Hollywood scene? Being around um, celebrities and interviewing celebrities and and interacting and, and going to parties and and how 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 did you make that adjustment? Um. Well, I think that I think that the adjustment was a little bit easier for me because the the social structure between home and here is so different, you know. Uh, you go to a Perfect Ten party back in Baton Rouge, shout out to TJ and them. You go to a Perfect Ten party, um, Baton Rouge, or like when I was in college, nightlife on Tuesday night was popping, up right. there was popping, right. so those places were popping when I was in college. So you go to those place, places back then, you had to have some juice um, or some letters across your chest to really do your thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you right. had to, in Baton Rouge, you had to really be fly. Yes. Like, you had to really be fly to get, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't, wasn't nobody pulling up to the club in the Maybach. Right. You know, dudes had nice cars, but wasn't nobody pulling up to the club in a Maybach. Most people waited in line. Right. Unless you knew Mike or TJ and one of them. So, like, you, um, you know, you, 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 you show up there, it was a little bit of a different thing. I think in L.A., so much of your personal persona um, is currency that now when I go to a place, you know, I don't worry about anything. Like, people come to me and they want to talk. And, I mean, I'm right. not Brad Pitt or I'm not super famous, but, you know, people know who I am. So right. it's pretty easy. And I think early on, uh, 
and I had noticed that, it was liberating. You know, I will really, like, if I see, like, being country like that was, it, it was refreshing to a lot of celebrities. Like, yeah. if, I, if I walk up to a club, if, I, if, I, if I'm in a club and I see, like, J.D. Kiss in the club, I go up to him and I, I, I talk to him about knocking yourself out. Right. And in a very sincere way. And they feel your sincerity, and they will talk to you. Yeah. Like, they haven't talked to any real people in a while. Right, you know I mean? right, like yeah. They haven't, they haven't actually, forget about a fan, someone that's inquisitive about their lifestyle, or just the same way I am now. They haven't had that in a while. Like, well, like one of my closest friends, really the only, I would say, like, one of my closest friends is uh, Tay Diggs. And when I first met Tay playing ball, um, uh, you know, eventually me and him had a long, long conversation. And one thing that he told me, he was like, you know, it's really difficult for people to kind of, like, make friends of people outside of the actor circle or whatever. And I wasn't even on TMZ at this point. Like, I was just a dude that's just playing basketball. He said, but you really go about things the right way. He's like, you didn't run up to me with a script or anything like that. Like, we just were hooping and competing. And then after a while, we started talking hooping. Right. And I think more often than not, like it just takes a lot to impress a Baton Rouge nigga. Excuse my language, but it just takes it just takes a lot to to like to make us be like, oh man. It's just like for me, it was like it it, it, it wasn't something to where I felt any sense. Like I didn't want to be Hollywood. Right. I just wanted to be myself wherever I was. So if that makes sense, because I know I'm rambling a little bit. No, nah, that makes that makes a lot of sense, man. That makes okay, a lot of sense. It was never anything to where I I felt the need to be anything other than myself. And I think when people when people can feel that about you, um, they it resonates with them. Right. You know what? I wanna um I wanna take a moment, um Real quick, and I want I want to uh, give you that opportunity to be able to shout out, man. Anybody you want to shout out, family, friends, um, supporters, fans, whoever. Oh man, look. The, well, I'm gonna shout out as well. I always shout out. I'm gonna shout out Guardia Lane. I'm gonna <laughs> shout out McKinley High. I'm gonna shout out my crew, Ian Spooner, Walter McLaughlin, uh, Trey Vador, Brian Clark. Uh, you naming Clark. people I know, man. What? You naming people I know. These, these are my people. Wow. Like all, like, all, like all of my people, I'm going to shout out my mama, my sister, Crystal, and Ebony Lathan. And really, I'm going to shout out the people that every single day on social media give me love, support me. You know what I'm saying? When my father is sick, to show genuine concern about me. Um, my dad, Van Terry Lathan Sr., who's still down there, but my whole family is in Louisiana. Just everybody that's, that's shown love and everyone that's supported and been a part of this journey, we are just getting started. There are so many big things on the horizon for me and so much more content that I'm going to flood you guys with. I cannot wait for you guys to know some of the things that we're working on. But um, I just really am appreciative. And uh, I've been doing this for a while now. I've been on television every single day, three times a day for eight years. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to continue moving this culture forward. And if you're hearing my voice and I've ever inspired or um, or challenged or educated you, I want you to know how much that back and forth, how much that relationship means to me. And I'm serious 
very sincere about that. So I'm really appreciative. If you can name, um, what, what's one of the craziest moments that you've ever experienced on the level that you're on right now? If you could give us one of them. Craziest moment. One of your wild, like, man, I can't believe that, man. Other than Kanye West, of course. I, I was like, uh, so, I was, um, it's not really about a lot of times so much who you meet and who you know. Right. Because everybody's just people. But what I will say is that sometimes you forget, right? Right. And, um, and it's not like a, I don't want to make too much of it, but if you're talking about a craziest, a craziest moment where you went, damn, that's crazy. Like, I'm in, there's a place in L.A. called Delilah. Everybody goes there. I've been to Delilah a bunch of times. And um, and my man, Kenny Hamilton, I know I'm saying a lot of names on here, but I just, I'm obsessive about giving people their credit. That's right. So, <laughs> I'm obsessive about giving people their credit. Like, I, I just want everyone, when they hear my voice, to feel like, they gave me credit for That's right. Because I'm up with Delilah. Man, right. gave them Like, like, um, 
and you just show love. And I think sometimes, for me, just in the everyday grind, I mean, that's not really, it's, I don't really have any stories so I'm like, yo, I made it, because I haven't. Right. I haven't at all. So, so like, um, I don't have any stories like that, but just one that I'm like, yeah, man, it was cool for them to see that, and it was kind of a cool moment just to know that you've cut through a little bit. That was one that I can remember because it was unexpected. But look, Look how dope, look how dope the stars were lined up, though. Your people was with you. Actually, your real people from the crib actually witnessed this. How dope is that, man? That was dope. It was cool. It was it's, it's always cool because, you know, when when when, when people come out, you want, you want to show them things that they can't get back home. Right. Like when I'm back home, the only things that I really want are stuff that I can't get here. Right. So... As a, just as a note to everybody, when I come back to the crib, man, don't bring me to Popeyes, man. I'm not trying to. That's not what I'm trying. Nah, bro. Don't like like take me to Delpit, take me to the Chicken Shack, man. Take me to place stuff I can't get. Ooh. Let me get the stuff I can't get. Let me get a special. Right. Feel me like like that's what I'm trying to do. So it's cool to be able to kind of do stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, it's not about who you know or who knows you. It's about the work that you're doing. So you always got to keep my mind on that. Absolutely, man. When you come back to the crib, man, we definitely need to link up. Um, yeah. We definitely going to get some good eating in, man. We definitely got to do that. For sure. Uh, what I always do is I, I fast for about 12 days before I come back home. So well, when I come back home, you know what I'm saying, I look like Sherman Crump. And, and, and when I leave, I look like Sherman Club at the end of Nutty Professor. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I when I get there, I, I look, you know, thinned out a little bit because I always fast. So I'm, I'm ready to get down when I come back there, go to the chimes and all of that stuff. Rainbow, back in Gardena. Absolutely, man. You already know. What what what's, what can we expect? Um, what you got coming coming up, man, that we can, we can be excited about and look and look out for? Always growing my um, my podcast platform. Always looking for new places to do that. You know, we, we're gonna be at TMZ for a little while longer. Um, not as long as people think, but for a little while longer. But um, uh, you know, just kind of kind of continuing to find new ways to impact the culture. Uh, it's about uh, inspiration, edu education, and entertainment. You want to take those three things, ball them up into one, and hit people in the face with them. Right. Like, we Can have we... to show cultural, cultural solidarity. So everything you do or everything you're doing, it should be entertaining, but you also don't want anybody to, to, to ingest too many empty calories. You always want to be impacting people to do better, and you want to do better yourself. So that's what I'm going to be trying to do. Absolutely. And I want to, um, can we put your social platforms out there in ways people can connect with you and, and get in touch with you? Sure. Best place is Instagram. Um, uh, at Van Layton. It's awesome, my name. At Van Layton on Instagram. At Van Layton on Twitter. Um, hit me up either place. Believe it or not, I read every single DM that's sent to me. Every single one. So if you, if if I read your DM, if, if you send me a DM and I don't respond, my bad, but I saw it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I tried my best to respond, and especially 
you have a better chance of me responding to your DM if you say I am from Baton Rouge. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I want to um, always ask my guest this, man. If you had an opportunity to speak to a room full of um, people that was uninspired but had some ideas or was trying to follow your footsteps with journalism, with uh, getting in the entertainment business on some type of level, and you can give them some words of encouragement or some advice, what would you tell them? You're rare. You're the only one. It doesn't matter. They're, they're like you're the only one. Here's the biggest strength that anyone has in the world. The biggest uh, thing that you can offer the world is you. Mm. No one sees things quite how you see them. No one has had quite the experience that you've had. Like even the people in your family look at the world a little bit different. Even your sister, the people that even if you have a twin sister or a twin brother, they look at the world a little bit different. You have your own experience, your own mind, your own set of thoughts. Don't betray them. Don't betray them for the pack that you're in. Don't betray them for the group that you're in. When when you have to be a little bit lonely, learn yourself a little bit better. But when you give the world something, give the world you. The honest you. Because anything that you're doing, anytime that you're going along with something to get along, you're relying on the trend or the idea to carry you. The idea is not what carries you. You is what carries you. Mm. There's not a way that you're going to ride to where you want to get to go. What you're going to ride is the surfboard. And only you can choose it and only you can create it. And if you have a good, strong one, you can ride as many ways as you want. But that's got to come from you. That's got to come from inside you. So wherever you are, I don't care if it's if you're on a basketball court, play how you play. And if you, and if you have to adapt how you play to fit into the team, do that. But make sure it's you. When you if you get when you get a, when you get the mic, talk how you talk. Think how you think. The only thing that they're not making more of, besides the land, is you. They're not making any more. You're the only one that's ever existed and the only one that's ever existed. So do you and be unafraid to do that. That's deep, man. The Red Pill Podcast streaming now on all platforms. Y'all make sure that y'all go subscribe. Check that out. Man, listen, I really want to thank you so much, man, for doing this interview, man. I really, really enjoyed myself, and you definitely got to come back on this platform again, man. All right, my brother. I appreciate you having me, man. Y'all have a good time there, bro. Absolutely, man. Much love and more success to you, my brother. Same to you, my G. We out. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, the one and only Mr. Van Lathan. We out.